our Bibles and we're going to turn to Galatians 5. We're looking at what it means to be spiritual. And so today we're going to talk about spirituality. So we're going to begin here with uh, Galatians 5 verse 16. Now before we read verse 16, if you have your Bibles, uh, look at verse 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In other words, the context of the scripture that we're talking about is, let's just say backsliding or becoming something you shouldn't be, which we'll call not very spiritual. And then we'll skip down a little bit and we'll look at verse 7 so you can see that this is Still the context, even though the the overall context is the Judaizers, Judaizers trying to get the Christians to go back to Judaism. But look at verse seven. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? So they were going to turn from the truth. Listen, the most. Uh. Whatever else you do, you can burn the bacon, you can, you know, I can burn the water. That's just how I do it. But whatever you're going to do, do not turn from the truth. Love the truth. Say, I don't want it or walk away, but don't turn, but do not uh, try to undo the truth that you may not, that you should not obey the truth. And then it uh, goes a little further. Uh, let's skip down. We're trying to get down to our verse here. Verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then we'll skip on down to verse 16. This I say then. Can we read that together? This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. <clears throat> so there's a, an amazing amount of things going on in that little chapter. Galatians is basically supposed to be read with the book of Romans there. It's a kind of a. I won't say a side item, but it's a parallel. We'll say that it, it, it is written in parallel to the book of Romans. So it's sort of the book of Romans in a, in a nutshell, which is explaining why you can't just invent your own truth. You can't say, well, God gave us Jewish faith, but God can't say, okay, I'm done with that. I'm going to now send my son. See, that's what they wanted to say. But that carries over. It isn't just a, okay, you can't live by the law and be saved. You can't be saved because you live by your own laws. You can only be saved if you live by the laws of God. And how many knows you have to obey God? So spirituality is really learning to walk with God. Now, does it mean how many uh, ever had a child and they were learning to walk? Anybody seen a child? We, uh, we, we see that uh, in the French family. And so here's a child learning to walk. Well, guess what? They, they skin their knee and uh, they fall down and you have to watch them. You have to be very, very careful because walking 
especially for someone a new a new child a new baby uh, is is a brand new experience and so it is with uh, now I, I don't know if ever, anybody here is under in that category but if you're a baby and you're just learning to walk with God then there's going to be the ups and downs and and there's going to be the questions a lot of times uh, we become we are filled with questions that we don't have answers to and what what Paul is saying is you need to be obedient to the word of God, obey God, listen to God and walk with him. Does it mean that you get every step just right? Does it mean you're going to run in a marathon because you just learned to walk? Not many babies that just learned to walk are running in marathons. Anybody know that's true? I can't get you to wake up. Okay, but but it's okay because I, 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 it's all right. I mean, you should have had that second cup. That's what I did. About 530, I had that second cup. All right, so uh, walk in the spirit. That's really what spiritual living is, is walking in the spirit. What it isn't, it's not a mystical. Now, so I'm going back. I'm going to the negative again. That is that to be spiritual doesn't mean you make up your own spirituality. For example, we're hearing a lot these days about uh People worshiping the devil. I don't know if you've been hearing this, but it's been all there's a, a kind of a resurrection out there. People saying that they are conjuring up spirits and so on. And they, of course, they think it's funny or they think it's spiritual or whatever. But I will tell you right now, it cannot save you and it might destroy you because that's the kind of world that we're living in. People are getting involved in things that they should never be doing. For example, one of the famous I just read this the other day. I'm not really into this sort of thing, but I'm going to say it because I did read it. That one of the famous uh, female singers in America today worth about a billion dollars uh has been uh, recently singing in uh a uh, uh, pentagram on the ground. In other words, the very same symbol that Satanists use to do their uh, conjuring and so on. Of course, Satanists are just people that are a little extra full of the devil, but doesn't mean that they have any power. They have no power with God. And how many knows that power with God can defeat any enemy, any devil? There's no devil in hell. In fact, all you have to do is resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Amen. A couple of you do believe that. When you resist the devil, now that doesn't mean that you're so good and you're so great. You resist the devil. That, that's a lesson I've been working on right there. What does it mean to resist the devil? Lots of people think they're resisting the devil, but they're filling their mind with the devil. Now, folks, it does, it just does, it just makes no sense. If you want to walk with God, you've got to walk with God. If you want to walk in the spirit, you have to be in the spirit. It's just, I mean, now it doesn't mean you're perfect. You don't do it because, oh, I'm perfect. Oh, I know. I know how to uh, build a rocket ship and go to Mars. No, no, no. It isn't about how intelligent you are. It's about walking with God and loving God. I, okay, I'm going to say it. Jesus, I'm going to get stoned, so I'm going to be biblical. I'm going to be stoned just like in the Bible. All right, so there are people that have never been baptized and never received the Holy Ghost and have never spoken in tongues, but they are trying to walk with God, and they are hungry for God, and they're all over the place. But see, what we do is we get smug. Well, I'm, oh, I'm an apostolic. Um. And then get out of sorts with God in your own life. Just because you have 
found truth and you're walking in truth doesn't mean you can become ungodly in your life. You have to walk with God. All right, I'm going to say it this way because I got some of you never got any coffee at all. So I'm going to do it this way. All right. So you married on in let's say you married in January. And so come June, you decide that uh, suddenly now you're going to go back to your old lifestyle. Finding new people and having new uh, people in your life. Lady friends. Okay, well, guess what? Guess what? You just died. You just ended your, you just ended your relationship. Because that's not how you walk in a marital relationship. The way you walk in a marital relationship is as married people. And you made a vow, whatever those vows were. So you're walking together in that. So what I'm trying to do is show you that there is no, let, let's not use that. Let's use, you got a job. They agreed to pay you this really nice salary. You do this work and then you never show up. Guess what? You just lost your job. It doesn't work that way. If you're going to make an agreement and if you're going to, uh, get the benefit, then you have to do it. You have to be in there. Why is it that we think God doesn't care, don't have to do a thing? Anything the devil wants doesn't matter. God doesn't care. It's like God's the, the most uncaring person in the universe. He doesn't care about anything that I do, but guess what? He knows everything that we're doing. He knows even the numbers of hairs. <laughs> I hate this illustration. So spirituality isn't a mystical something that's inside that nobody can say. Listen, if your spirituality doesn't show, for example, you come to church and you're worse than a, anybody know what a bump on a pickle is? Well, then you're a very intelligent crowd here. All right, so you're, you are as unmoved as uh, a bump on a log. Anybody heard that one? It's like a bump on a log at, I don't know. I've heard that somewhere. Uh, so you got you're like a bump on a log, uh, and so logs don't tend to do a whole lot of moving. You're as you're as uh, as unmoving as stone. You're whatever. My point is, if if you come to the house of God and you do not worship God, but yet you claim to be a a child, how can you claim to be a child of God and not worship God? And how can you not obey His word? This is His word. Be like, okay, I got a letter from my wife. Throw that in the trash. When is this French? Yes, yeah, she's here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go on. Um, <clears throat> I'll change the story here a little bit. Um, so when we were dating at the very, very beginning, uh, I was traveling full time evangelist and I was having to travel up in Canada quite a bit. I, and it's, I kept saying, Lord, please get me at least into the United States. And the Lord would say, uh, it doesn't work that way. I'm God, and you're the evangelist, and I want you here. And I said, well, Lord, but I want to be down there because I've just met this young lady, and I really believe you want me to meet her. And, and the Lord said, well, then let me handle that, and you, you quit fiddling around. So I said, well, uh, and so I would get these letters from Memphis, And, uh, and I liked that. 
And sometimes the pastor would, you know, they'd come in the mail to Canada. And, and I would, here's what I would say. I love the Canadian stamps. So I'm getting some mail. I want to collect some stamps. That, that was my, I really did like the stamps, but it wasn't the main thing. But <laughs> I was trying not to be too obvious. And, but when it came in, you, it, it, would, it was soap. And I'm allergic to perfume, by the way. And just one whiff and I could be dead. That's how much I was crazy about her. And that's not really true. I'm not that. It, I am allergic, but not that much. Um, I, I just can't breathe. That's all. If I get around, I can't breathe. That's just not a big deal. But anyway, so, so they would come in and I could tell the mail had run. And not even see it. I'd say, I think we have a letter. And he would, the pastor, this one pastor was especially, I was there several weeks. And uh, he would say, I don't think you have a letter here. And I said, uh, I think I do have a letter there. How do you know? Well, I just have a feeling. <laughs> of course, he knew and everybody knew that you could smell the perfume. And so, uh, and, and I couldn't wait. Just, just think of someone who's, Claiming that they're in love and they have no regard. Now, we're in, I know we're in a world where people say they love and lie. We got the lioness, most unloving generation in the history of the world. But, but that doesn't change it. If you really are in love, you're going to show it. The point is, when you're in love, people see it. They notice it. You say, how do you know she likes you? Because she puts her perfume on the envelope. I mean, well, if you don't understand that, I can't, I'm trying to help you. But anyway, so, um, so it isn't just something. See, a lot of people think that spirituality is an inner thing. That, like, I don't mean it's not private. I don't mean that it's not between you and God. But, but to claim it's private and nobody will ever know. It's like someone uh, said if they were uh, called to be a witness that they were a Christian, they would never be convicted. Because there's not a thing in the world that would demonstrate that they were a Christian. That's the kind of world that we live in. People wanting, of course, and as the song or the old country song says, everybody wants to go to heaven. So that, there's no question about it. Everybody wants a good future and so on. Of course they do. But to claim that you love a God that you care nothing about, that to me is absolute crazy. Spiritual living is when you walk with God. And that means, of course, that you're not the boss. If you're walking with God, you're walking with, yeah, that's, the, that's God, and this is me. And so, hello, Lord. Good morning, Lord. And, and that's why the moment you utter the first prayer in the morning and you begin to cry out to God and you speak words to the Lord, something happens to you. It does something to you. And so prayer makes the difference. And so it is not just something no one else can see. It's something that others can see. So walking spiritually is living in the right way. It is living holy by the power of the spirit every day so that eventually you are able to overcome things that you were never able to overcome before. And then uh, and, and so forth. All right. Now let's go to uh, the next one. And so let's look at it again. Now, the word uh, here's the here's the uh, the word walk which is, uh, we know what walk, I'm walking right now, but 
but this word doesn't just mean to walk with your feet. It means the way you conduct, which means conduct means to move from one place to another. So if I want to conduct water from here over to there, I have to get a way to do it, either a hose or a trough. So I'm conducting it. Or I can conduct my life in a certain way. How am I going to live out my life? So this word, peripatita, means the way I conduct my life or the way I walk or the way I live in my life. It's, it's, it's exactly what it means. Now, I'm, I'm going to read a couple translations, though, because I want to, I want to get to this word. Uh, here's, uh, here's the NIV says, so I say, live by the spirit. Notice it's replaced the word walk with live. The ESV, which is equally, in fact, the NIV was done in 1976. The ESV was just done in the past several years, even though it's a, uh, it's got a long history, but it was named something else. So the ESV says, I say, walk by the spirit. What's the difference there? Anybody awake? I, you, you need to. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being kind of hard on you. OK, here we go. So the difference is it doesn't say walk in the spirit, but walk by the spirit. See, so what's happening there? I'm not going to weigh in on it. What I'm trying to show you is that the ESV has decided to say the word walk, which is perfectly normal when we say uh, that we're uh we're walking in a certain way. If we don't mean it literally with my feet, we mean it. That's the way I'm living or that's the way I'm conducting my affairs. All right. So uh, but instead of saying walk in the spirit, it says walk by the spirit. Now, how many can see the difference between I, I know I've lost a couple of you, but maybe everyone. But I think there's one person still with me. All right. So if you are walking in the spirit. Okay, that's maybe a little harder. But if you're walking by the Spirit, can you see the difference? See, the difference is that that word is actually better. When you say I'm walking by the means of the Spirit, the Spirit then, and this is getting closer to the way I want to translate it, and that is that when you are living a spiritual life, you are being not just walking, although I don't, I don't want to change anything. I'm trying to explain it. So what is happening is, why am I walking in this direction? Because the Spirit is guiding me in this direction. Anybody want to walk where the Lord wants you to walk and live the way He wants you to live? What's that song? I want to live the way. Who, is that a Gaither? He wants me to live. I want to give, that's Gaither, until there's just no more to give. I want to love, love till there's just no more love. I could never, ever outlove the Lord. Okay, so when I said I want to live the way he wants me to live, that's exactly what this is. So why do I try to be loving? Now, am I always loving? Some, okay, so this guy comes, eh, how you doing, how you doing? And he cuts you off and you run into the yard of someone's front yard. And you're standing there. Do I like it? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Do I want to say something? <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I want to say something. And I might even say, well, Sister French is working on me on this so I'm, because I'm trying to be spiritual. But my, Lord, can I tell this is this, I don't want to confess too many sins. So I, my great response to people, they don't hear it, but there's one person that does hear it usually. <laughs> and she keeps telling me that you need to, that, that's not nice. And I will say, where's their brain? Or my, uh, my other favorite one is brainless. And then I started, th- that was, she said, that's not nice. So I said, well, what if I just say the word that comes to mind is brain? And she said, well, that, that's no different. I said, well, yeah, but it's a little nicer. If I just say, well, a word comes to mind and it's brain, I'm not like being direct. The truth of the matter is that if someone nearly kills me, am I supposed to like it? No, I'm not supposed to like it. Now, maybe I shouldn't mention their brain. And so I'm trying to work on that. And so I'm getting to where I'll say something else or, or whatever. Sometimes you try just have to substitute uh, I'm never tempted to say something I should never say because I've never done that. I've been, I had the Holy Ghost since I was 11. That's not a part of my life. My family did it their whole lives. I'd made a determination it's never going to come out of my mouth. I'm not going to talk like that, act like that. And so if saying they don't have a brain, I have to say, Lord, and I don't want to say they don't have a brain. I want to say, so, uh, so I've, worked, I've been working on this for some time now, uh, Sister French, and I'm doing a little better. When you're not with me, I'm sometimes really tempted, though. Uh, not that I'm running off the road very often, but um, but you know when you get the Holy Ghost, it changes the way you talk. It changes the way you walk. It changes everything about you. So I, I forget the story, but th- there's some story that I've heard several times I really like that, that says even the, even the dog knows you got the Holy Ghost. When I first came to God, my folks were, you know, basically, uh, well, uh, they divorced because my dad drank so much. He, it was a mess. And, and, and I mean, fight, fight, blood. I, I mean, it was a mess. And, and so when then she remarried, she married exactly the same person. In fact, a little worse. And uh, they're not here to speak for themselves. I'm just saying that's the way it was. But when I got the Holy Ghost, I absolutely hated my stepdad. I mean, I, I know what hatred is because as a young boy, just going into my teen years, my mother remarried an alcoholic. And I despised him. It was bad enough that my dad did it. But for my stepdad to do it, and I would tell him, I hate you. Don't touch me. I mean, it was was horrible. And then I went to a church like this. (laughs) And, and of course, they didn't tell me that they were wild wackos. And so I walked in. 
And they were shouting, whoa, hallelujah. They were dancing and praising God. And I said, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And my grandparents walked right to the front row, right there. Sat right there in front of y'all. That's where I sat. My very first time in a Pentecostal church. And the preacher would grab his Bible. And he would run down the aisle like this. And he would say, you're going to go to hell. Scared me to death. That was my first time in a Pentecostal church. And he preached and he preached and he preached and he preached. Seemed like he preached for years. And when he got done, he said, now this altar's open. You need to get up and run to this altar. You know what I did? I got up and I ran to that altar. And I got the Holy Ghost. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I went home and what I used to, what I normally would do is I'd walk in and I'd kind of give my stepdad a look let him know I still hated him. That was my normal routine. And uh, he would beat on my mom and uh, bloody her nose. And I mean, I just, I despised him. One night he came in and I, he was, uh, wasn't half drunk. You know, they talk about being half drunk. He was way past half drunk. And he had, my mom had his arm around. He was about 6'3", we're all tall. And he grabbed her like this. And he was choking her. So I just ran and jumped on him. That was the life we were living. That's a long time ago. I'm way past that. Every one of those people I'm talking about got the Holy Ghost were baptized in Jesus' name, and their lives were changed. But what I'm trying to tell you is that was the life we were living. But when I walked home and I put my hand, I'll never forget as long as I live. i got to get past this. And, and I put my hand on the door, and the Holy Ghost said, you got to love him now. And I thought, oh, no. What have I gotten into? Oh, i got to love him. So I walked in, and I looked at him, and it was amazing. I... I didn't have the same hatred. I'd just been in the altar seeking God and praying. I mean, they, they rolled me over. They laid me on the altar, and I had my hands up. And they prayed and stood me up and finally got the Holy Ghost. I walked in that house, and, and I thought, well, it, it, Lord, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't love this guy. I, I can't love this guy. Did you know that... <laughs> That God gave me a love for my stepdad that a few months later, it took a while. I don't mean it happened like I'm not making myself a hero. I wasn't a hero. But I started calling him dad the rest of my life. And the day he got the Holy Ghost, he said, Talmadge, the reason I'm in this altar is because you were changed by the power of God. And I knew that had to be God. If you love me, and I just quit. I just started saying, I've got to find ways to love him. And I would go overboard. Okay, I've got to love him even though I used to hate him. I don't hate him anymore, but I want to make sure nobody thinks I hate him just because he's my stepdad. And we became very, very close. So then we'd come home drinking before he got the Holy Ghost. Okay, so anyway, my point is that it changes your life. Are you glad it changed your life? Could we just lift our hands and thank God for it? Lord, we thank you because you're the, you're the power that we need to 
have our lives changed. And we thank you, Lord. You're able to help us. Now, a lot of people don't think religion does that. Uh, and that's, I, hate, I feel bad for it. But, you know, the Pentecostals are all over the world. It doesn't matter where you are. God is there and God is pouring his spirit out. Now, <clears throat> two more things. I don't think I have time to go where I was going to. I was going to make a turn here. But let's go to the next one. And that is spiritual living is the climbing in your walk to new heights in God. It is a daily adventure in which you go from where you have been to new heights in God. Now, many of you are bored with your Christian experience because it really is boring. You're living a boring, un non-biblical-like experience with God. Someone that says, well, I, I know the Bible says that, but I don't believe it. That's why your experience is completely boring. Because the Bible has more for you than just dead, boring, uh, religious words. He has an experience for you, but you're, you're too busy being so intelligent that uh, you can't receive it. But, but let's, let's look at this for a moment. So climbing... To new heights in God. I wish, uh, oh, okay. So uh, walking in the spirit, which is what we're talking about, our spiritual uh, living or living in the spirit or walking in the spirit, whatever way we want to say it, is living for God. Everyone say for God. Right? See, we can't rush that. So when you're walking in the spirit, you're living for God. God for him. Someone said, well, what does that mean? Okay, well, what does it mean when you say you're working for uh, uh, Google? You're working for Google. What does that mean? You're working for Google. Does anybody not understand that? If you're working for Google, all right, same exact expression, same grammatical expression, all right? So it is. I happen to be a linguist, so uh, it's very important that we understand what we're meaning when we say something. So if I'm living for God, it means that the purpose of my living is for the one for whom I am living. Now, in much the same way, Sister French is still here. Uh, so, Sister French and I are married. We will be, what's today? The 20, today's the 19th. So, in five days, no, six days, we will have been married. I just I wasn't thinking about this. We will have been married in, let's see, six days. Tomorrow will be the 20th. Six days. Sister French and I stand up. Don't, don't be afraid. No, I'm just <laughs> We will have been married 40 years in six days. Six days. And we had a world tour planned, and I went to the Philippines. So um, we're, still, we're still working on it. It'll just be a little bit later than the 25th of August. But we live for each other. You know, there's lots of things I do. I hate. Well, you want to sit down there? Um, anyway, you know that I, um, well, I won't say it because, uh, see, Sister French loves things, certain things that don't really matter to me. They're not like things that I love. 
like I could, I would never, okay, I'm going to say this is nice. I can be very nice. I would never walk into a mall. No, I'd go online. Why would I go to a mall when I go online? But <laughs> some of you are looking at me like, oh, what is wrong with you, Brother French? So, um, uh, but I made a pledge a long time ago that Sister French wants to go to the mall. Now, I might make a suggestion like, are your feet, aren't you tired? Are your feet tired? I mean, I want to be as nice as I can. Okay, so, so you see what I'm saying, that we live for each other. Now, we have separate existence. I'm over here. She's sitting right there. But our lives are for each other. So that means that's a commitment, and so it is. If you say you're living for God, if you say you're working for the government, you're working for the government. But if you're working for God... You get it. Same thing. I'm living for God. So, Lord, I'm living for you. What do you want me to do? That's why in the Lord's Prayer it says, Thy will be done. Praise God. <laughs> Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Praise God. That's because I'm living for him. I'm walking uh, in him, for him, and he is guiding me. Let's stand. I, I didn't get very far, but, uh, but we did give it a shot. We're looking at being spiritual and, of course, being what God wants us to be. This church is a lighthouse, and God is able to help you in your life to be what you need to be and to receive from God what you need from him. Can we just love him a little bit here? Saints, come on. Let's praise the Lord. Father, thank you today for another great August Sunday. Thank you for the word that we're hearing and that we will hear. Bless the praise team, Lord. Bless our children. Lord, there's a lot happening today. May this be a very special time. And Lord, help us to go higher every day in you. Lord, lead me to whatever heights you want me to go or any valley you want me to walk through. Lord, I want to live the way you want me to live and I want to be your child. I am your child and I want to live as a faithful child. I want to know you and trust you and give you praise. Lord, meet every need today, and we give you praise for it.